service your existing car with us right now and it's worth £500 off your next car. Yes, at Macklin Motors Toyota, we'll give you a £500 voucher off any of our brand new Toyotas when you book in for a service with our expert Toyota trained technicians. We even have complimentary courtesy cars available, so book your service now and get £500 off any new Toyota. Visit macklinmotors.co.uk or see us at Kennishead Road, Darnley. Macklin Motors, the new name for Toyota sales and servicing in Glasgow. Valid on services till 30th September. Excludes Motability and Fleet customers. One £500 voucher per vehicle purchased by 31st December. The Go Radio Football Show with MacklinMotors.com. Your local friendly experts for new and used cars. Let's go! So more moves from Celtic on the summer transfer scene. Argentinian left-back Alexandra Bernabe has completed his move to the Scottish champions on a five-year deal. The fee is close to £4 million. Uh, apparently Jota's in Glasgow. I've heard that about 25 times over the last couple of months. Uh, and he is about to do what we've been talking about for quite some considerable time. And that's what Cameron Carter-Vickers has already done and is switching his loan deal into a permanent one uh, with Celtic. Uh, you would imagine that is coming any day now for the Portuguese winger. On the other side of the coin, near Beton already had left Celtic. Uh, he, we hear, has signed for Maccabi Tel Aviv in his native Israel. Chris Julian's move to Schalke uh, might have broken down if uh, we believe what we read. It did look as if it was going to go through. It might still go through, but he's clearly on his way out as uh, players who don't really have a future with Celtic are shown the door so there's plenty going on around Celtic at the moment not much so far from Rangers in the way of changes we've got Kenny Miller uh, with us in the studio for the next hour John Souter that's already done Conor Goldson has signed up for another four years we knew that uh, some considerable time ago will Antonio Kolak be next in the door he is currently with Greek club Pauk uh, but there is competition we hear from the likes of Copenhagen Panathinaikos, Real Mallorca and his former club Malmo he scored a couple of goals of course for the Swedish team as they knocked Rangers out of the Champions League qualifiers a year ago that's another story that's been running for quite a while Kenny uh, Antonio <clears throat> Kolak for Rangers the fee seems to be around about 1.8 million yeah it does I mean it's been it's been rumbling on for a, a few weeks now and it might hinge on what's going on with Alfredo Morelos you know I, mean, I, I can't see the two of them being there, to be honest. Uh, do Rangers they, not need a striker anyway? I think they do, but is that, are you going to spend that type of money on that player to come in and maybe sit and watch? I, I can't see it. Or I'm, I'm sure he won't be happy with it anyway. Uh, so, and again, Alfredo has been, it's been constant speculation since he, since he came to the country five years ago. So whether it be January transfer windows or, or summer, he's always been linked with, with moves away for Ibrox. And it maybe looks like this might be the time. This might be the, the year that it does happen. He has talked a lot over his years about wanting to go and play in maybe one of the bigger leagues in Europe so uh, again it remains to be seen if anybody comes in with a substantial bid to lure him away for Rangers but Colac looks like for me I think it'll happen uh, there's been too much talk and it looks like clubs are negotiating just to trying to get the most money out of Rangers trying to get it for as little as possible but at some point it looks like they'll probably meet in the middle and, and Antonio Colac will be a Rangers player From what we hear Kenny what sort of striker is he? Well, you've you seen that I'm playing against Rangers last year for Manuel. I mean, I thought he was very good in the games and his finish at Ibrox was absolutely sensational. 
So he's, he's, he's taller than Alfredo, he's mobile, I think he holds the ball up pretty well and he scores goals. He doesn't score as much as Alfredo, you know, and Alfredo's done it over a number of years now consistently. I mean, some of the numbers he's put up have been have been phenomenal, mm. you know. So Peter Grant wasn't uh, too uh, too impressed on, <laughs> you on know, last night. He, I think Peter uh, on the show last night was was wondering uh, what the reason would be for all, for a weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth if he was to be sold off. Uh, let's have a listen to what the former Celtic midfielder Peter Grant said uh, last night um, about the possible uh, departure of Alfredo Morelos. As I say, I thought he was a liability mm. prior to that and league match competitions back here the bread and butter stuff I never thought he was fit enough I think there was always issues with him when he went back home and coming back from even international duty you know with injuries and whatever and I think for me I don't think it'll be as big a loss as people think for Rangers yeah Yeah. I genuinely do honestly God because I I watch these goals and I think if somebody else comes in there and it's like that quality I think they'll get more of a team player you know, with goals. And I think that's what Rangers are looking for. And I think to go to that next level, to start, listen, let's remember mm-hmm. how many trophies he's not won in the period of time he's been here. But as he's won one competition yep. he's been involved mm-hmm. in. So, at the end of the day, you need your strikers in there all the time. He's going 25 to 30 goals, especially if they're playing for a Celtic or a Rangers. And I don't think he's capable of that. That's Peter and Paul last night. Um, not a big loss, says Peter <laughs> Grant, Kenny. <laughs> you know, some fair points, uh, some very harsh points, I think. I mean, he's goal scoring... I mean, Pierce talking about 25 30, you're looking at 18 30, 29 17, and 18 over the course of his five years at Rangers, which culminates in 112 goals and 224 appearances. Mm. That's a goal every other game. That's very, very good. And yes, he's had, I agree, I think he, 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 could, be, he could be fitter uh, again. And you think you, you look at him sometimes, and I think when Steven Gerrard came in initially, uh, there was a lot of work and emphasis put on that on him that he probably needed to shred down a little bit. And I think you've seen that. He's also played 224 games in, in five years. Mm. I mean, my maths is pretty good. I mean, that's al- almost 55 games a season. Well done, you. So, uh, sorry, 45 <laughs> games a season. <laughs> almost, uh, almost, almost well done, it's you. 45 games a season almost. Yeah. You know? So, it's, I mean, that's a lot of football, you know. So, he's no missed too many games. But I, I understand what Peter's saying is in terms of the, the, the discipline side of it. But again, that was in his first Th- two that's years. Kind of, is that not history now? Uh, for me, it is. You know, I think he's been he's been excellent over the last two seasons. Uh, maybe even three. But mm-hmm. the first two seasons, it was an issue. So, uh, the only way he's not a loss is if somebody comes in and replaces the goals that he scored. Mm-hmm. Because... Alfredo Morelos is Rangers number nine. He's the talisman who I've just went through the goals and mm. all-time top scorer in Europe. Yeah. Yes, they've had a lot of goal games, but it's, it's only been five years. It's you a know, big ask replacing goals at that level, you know, at that consistent level over four or five years. And I think he's, he's probably his best performances have been in Europe. And it's mm-hmm. not just this year against Dortmund where obviously that's a big, big team that he excelled in, in in that game. But so did his teammates. You know, Rangers' performance over the, over these games were excellent. But you think back to Porto's, Feyenoord's, uh, these types of games, that, uh, even the smaller ones that he's popped up with big, big goals mm. and Prags, these types of games, he's, it's been consistent mm-hmm. over the over the five seasons. You know, since Steven Gerrard came in, it was building towards what happened last season. Mm-hmm. You know, they were having some real, real good success in Europe and Gio managed to almost take them to the promised land of getting a European trophy in the, in, in the belt. So, it's, uh, yeah, listen, Alfredo will be a miss. There is no getting away from that mm-hmm. if he leaves. Mm-hmm. You know, because like you've said, to to replace that amount of goals is not easy. And the reality is, when you stack up the numbers between the two, strikers, Kolak and, and Morelos, Kolak's older, he's not played as many games. So, 
is there an issue there? Mm-hmm. He's not scored as many goals. So I think Alfredo's probably, he's going to be tough to replace. It's just 1.8 doesn't seem a lot of money um, to buy a top line European striker. Well, it's a lot more than what he paid for Alfredo. Yeah, you know, true. But when, when you look at that, but, but listen, Rangers don't, again, I don't know their, the, the financial goings on and, and at Ibrox, but I can't imagine them going to spend four, five, six, seven, eight million pounds mm. on a striker. Uh, I mean, sometimes you get what you pay for, don't you? No, you do, you do, and that's 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 something they need to be very aware of because coming to a club the size of Rangers again, when you look through the CV, he's had some good clubs, as he had clubs with that type of demand putting on him uh, every single week to go and win. And and Peter talked talked to it, the trophies that Alfredo's not won. What I would say a bit further on that is, is it was also his teammates. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it was yes, when you're the striker, you need to be scoring goals and, and big games, which Alfredo has done mm-hmm. over the over his time at over his time at Rangers. But Rangers have failed and fell short over the league campaigns as a, and, as and a the team. Cups as a team. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Uh, but it's been two years now, it's been a league and it's been a Scottish Cup, so it looks like they're getting that kind of bit between their teeth again in, in regards to success and bringing trophies back to Ibrox. So for me, Alfredo has been a huge part of that. You know, ever since he's came to the football club, he's been a massive part of that. So uh, it'll be tough to it'll be tough to mm. replace. You know, it's, uh, again, the only way it won't be is when somebody comes in and hits the ground running and starts scoring goals and you could say Alfredo who. Mm-hmm. But at the moment, that remains to be the scene if, if this if Antonio Collard's going to be that. Firstly, is the transfer going to get finalised? Mm-hmm. And secondly, will he be the guy to replace Alfredo or will he be brought in just to back him up? Because like you said, the situation that was going on at the end of last season and big European games and cup finals having to go at it maybe without a striker was not the ideal scenario. So they definitely need to bring at least somebody in the building. I mean, it's a it's a fascinating topic. Um, Alfredo Morales, he, well, he has been since the moment he landed in Glasgow, hasn't he? And we've, and we've been talking about transfers out of Ibrox since he's the moment he arrived as well. There are three options at the moment. One is to sign him up to a new deal. One is to sell him because he's in the final year of his contract. And the third option is just to keep him because you're not getting a... If you don't get a big enough offer for him that actually overrides the benefit of having him around for the next 12 months and potentially winning you trophies? As and as I've said it before... Which, th- bo- which box are you ticking of those three? I think, yeah, if he's... Firstly, I would sign him. I yeah. think that, that would be number one mm. because whether you, you then sell him afterwards, I think you're in a better position to sell and, and demand more money. Where a year left, you're not going to get the probably the market value that maybe a player who've scored the amount of goals and put the level of performances that he has, you're probably not going to get that level because of what, what, what money. Because what we've been talking about recently, there is a story today that Seville, who were apparently interested in him, are now looking at another striker um, and maybe they've, they've, they've switched off from Morelos. But the, the, we were talking six, seven, eight million. It was that sort of figure we're talking about. Is that enough compensation to Rangers for losing the number of goals you're talking about? I don't think they'll be happy with that. But I think that's probably the maximum they're going to get. You know, if, if it was that, but, so if it was that, if those if those are the numbers, would you say, well, keep them because actually the potential benefit from Morelos to the team to the club over the next twelve months would override six, seven, eight million. If he can score the goals that qualify Rangers for the Champions uh-huh. League, then yep. absolutely. Yeah, there's no guarantee on that, Rob. No, and it's like. To, to touch on what Peter was talking about, it's been one league out of five for Alfredo and one Scottish Cup or out of ten cups. Mm. One cup out of ten. So there's no guarantee that he will score the goals to, to bring that type of success. But in this 
day and age when you've got a year left, I firmly believe all the cards are in, in, in uh, sorry, Alfredo holds all the cards mm. because he's in full control. I think he loves it here in Glasgow, I do. Mm. I think the the adoration that these fans put on him, he, he lives off it and thrives on it and you can see that every goal he scores, uh, that he, he loves scoring in front of that Ibrox crowd. I don't think him staying about for another year for for himself is, is going to be a big drama for him. No. I think he's going to be playing. Uh, anybody who comes in has to take the shirt off his back. He's got it. It's up to him to keep it and, and perform. And if he, if he does perform the way he has and scores the goals that he has at the rate that he has, then it'll be a hard guy to shift out of that team. And it would be a take a big manager to leave him out of that team, even if he was running his contract down. But what you've also seen this year is Conor Goldson pretty much played every game. Mm -hmm. And his contract was running down. So if you're the guy who's got the shot and you're performing, you're going to play. So I don't think it'll be a, a, a big drama for Alfredo to run his contract down. Like I said, I think he holds all the cards for Rangers. I think they'll probably look to... I think there was something talked about a couple of weeks ago that talks maybe had opened up mm. about trying to re-sign him because what it does, it protects their investment. You know, it allows mm. them to maybe demand a little bit higher a transfer fee. Uh, who has actually came in over the last five years for Alfredo? Again, it was, it was at Lille uh, mm. a few seasons back right. and was there maybe 15 million kind of mooted at that point mm. and Rangers wanted more. If you're looking for these kind of numbers now that we are a year left, the reality is you're not going to get that. And Rangers will know that. I mean, they're not they're not stupid. The guys that are running the football club are, are no silly. That they know they're not going to get that that value at the moment. The only way they are is if they get them tied up. I was speaking to Craig Moore about this on on Tuesday night. Are you surprised that Rangers are in the position they're in, not just with Morelos but with Aribo and Kent as well? That they're into the final year and it becomes a very difficult situation, and there are all sorts of question marks because until you know they're definitely on the way out, you're maybe not totally sure who's on the way in. Well, if you think it was it was it two seasons ago when that Leo bid was floating about for Alfredo. Rangers then went and spent a decent amount of money on Kamar Roof mm -hmm. and Cedric Kitten. And Alfredo never left. You know, so there was money probably put into the team there that maybe could have been better spent somewhere else. You know, because it looked for all that Alfredo was going to be leaving at that point and he never. So you're right, it's it's not an ideal situation to be in with big players, starting players going into the last year of their contract. And I know for a fact going through it, players and manager are not going to be wanting to face in these questions every single week. But that is the nature of it when mm. you've got big players, starting footballers and Rangers who are out of contract at the end of the season. It'll be the constant questions getting asked to the players, any any press that they're doing, and also the manager every single week in his pre-match press conference. What's going on with Kent? What's going on with Rebo? What's going on with Morelos? So they would love to get these situations addressed one way or the other. So whether it's one or two of the guys move on and they get good money for them, and then they can go and replace them or they get them tied up to longer contracts which just takes that right out of the equation and then when suitors do come calling because there's no sort of game Bassey there's another one who could be a lot of clubs could be coming for this summer you're, you're not having to address these questions because you want to be focusing on your team preparing your team for that game whether it be league cup or, or, or European competition you want to be focusing on that and not actually dealing with all the noise that surrounds contract situations are you surprised that we're in the last on the last day of June and we haven't as yet had a big Giovanni van Bronckhorst signing? Uh, I think he has had a few big signings in terms of guys that have re-signed. Well, you know there yeah. was a there was a lot of talk about a huge rebuild going to have to go on at Ibrox uh, this year with potentially Steve Davis moving on, Alan McGregor retiring, Conor Goldson moving on. Well, they three have, have re-signed. Mm. 
Uh, obviously, then you come in. But they're, with, they're existing players. That doesn't yeah, that yeah. doesn't add to the team. It doesn't. But you know, I'd say the same across the city. Carter mm. Vickers and, and Jota, mm-hmm. who Celtic might have to spend 10, 12, 14 million. Well, their team stays the same at that as well, and they're 14 million down. You know, so I think the same yeah. goes there. Yeah. You know, but to have these guys going in, it's not about uh, making the team better at that point. It's actually having to replace them. You know, so I think it's been decent. But I understand what you mean, bringing a big name player that's mm-hmm. going to come in and think, you know what, this is a starting player that's going to improve the starting yep. lineup. Yeah, I mean, it's still early days. You know, you've still got two months of a transfer window. And I say that even at the end of the season, I feel that so much in regards to Rangers recruitment this summer is going to be dependent on who leaves. You know, and you've already touched on it, what is going to be happening with potentially all these guys have resigned, and I think it's been great business getting all these guys. Scott Arfield's another Scotty one. Scotty Arfield as well. Again, yep. he was that was a lot of speculation leader. I knew there was one more. Rob well done, you kept me. It's all my memory there. But going at the end of last season and some of his performances deserved it. But in terms of Davis, Goldson, McGregor and uh, and Arfield, they're not just signings that are, are bringing something to the table on the pitch. I think that is your that's your dressing leaders. Mm-hmm. That along alongside James Tavernier, that is your dressing room leaders, and that's why I felt it was such really really good business for for Rangers to get these guys un, tied up for at least another year. Connor Goldson obviously four, so it's uh, it's been good business in that. But now that's been done, you now need to start identifying where can we improve. You know, because like you're you're right in when you said that the team's not been improved in that respect. I think the dressing room remains really strong when you keep these types of characters in it, but. Every single year when you're you've got a stable squad and now I think the rebuild is no but that big a rebuild now. You know, it's now identifying maybe the one or two or three positions, right? Where can we improve? And who do we want to identify to go and improve? Suter came in, obviously I felt that was an area alongside Connor Goldson. Bassey kind of made the position his own a little bit towards the end of the season. But I think if Bassey was asked, he would probably rather play left back. Uh probably because it allows him to get forward a bit more with, with his energy and the qualities that he's got. Uh, so I think centre-back was definitely a position that needed to be addressed. Again, can John Suter come in and hit the ground running at Rangers as a Rangers player and, and not a Hearts player? Rob McLean and Kenny Miller talking football for another 40 minutes. The Go Radio Football Show with MacklinMotors.com Your local friendly experts for new and used cars. Let's go! So Rob McLean, Kenny Miller on a Thursday evening, uh, Glasgow's own Go Radio, the football show, uh, Denton out at the moment, back to two hours uh, very soon. And we're not far away from the start of next season. Uh, the league uh, might be end of July, but uh, League Cup uh, a week on Saturday, uh, that gets going again. So we've been talking a lot in the show so far um, about uh, Rangers, what's going to happen with Alfredo Morelos, not just him, but uh, Aribo and Kent as well, the two other players, the high-profile players at least, uh, that are uh, in the last year of their contract. Uh, one deal that has been done today, Celtic have completed the signing of left-back Alexandro Bernabe uh, from Atlantic Lanús in Argentina, uh, on a five-year deal. The 21-year-old has been capped under 23 level, scored five goals in 88 appearances uh, for the Argentinian team. Uh, the transfer is subject to international clearance and no fee has been disclosed, but we gather it is around £3.75 million. Pounds. Uh, so Celtic are starting to make some moves, Kenny, to uh, to bring in additional players. We've spoken already about Rangers and Celtic so far 
really just uh, firming up their arrangements with existing talent. Rangers with the likes of McGregor and Davis and Goldson. Uh, Celtic with Carter Vickers and Maida already converted from loans into permanent. And uh, Jota, well, we've been speaking about it for so long. It's surely going to happen any day now, that one. Yeah, you would think so. Uh, it looked like he enjoyed his football last year. I think winning a cup and winning the... And winning the league would have gave him a, a taste and a, and a hunger for success. And again, when you get the the kind of support and backing that the that the Celtic fans have gave Jota, I'm sure he'll it's something he'll want to look at again. The only problem for Celtic is he, he did have that good a season, and he might have a few more suitors as well. But it's uh, it looks like Celtic would probably be maybe his, his first choice uh, destination. Okay, let's uh, find out a little bit more at this point about uh, the player that Celtic have uh, signed. We've been speaking about it for a while. It was completed, uh, finally announced, completed this morning. Uh, and we can speak now to uh, Seba Ongarelli. He's going to tell me immediately if I've managed to pronounce his name uh, correctly. And he is a football journalist uh, covering Argentine football. Seba, how was that with your surname? Hi, good afternoon. That was perfect. Thank you so much. How are you? Yeah, we're, we're good, thank you. Uh, Rob McLean and Kenny Miller at this at this end in the in the studio, Seba. Um, and also you can put us right with the uh, pronunciation of Alexandro's surname so that we get that one right as well, Celtic's new signing. Yes, that's perfect. Alexandro Bernabe. Bernabe, okay. Uh, and what sort of player, uh, Seba, are Celtic getting? Well, what I'm always saying about Bernabe is that he's like Juranovic, but on the left. See, this kind of player that wants to get into the box, that to take the ball, who, who likes to, to get passes, and this kind of player, fast player, and also he's a young player. So we can think of a player that is going to stay at Celtic for long, and it will be hopefully a good uh, signing for the club. And do you expect him to be straight into the Celtic team rather than being a squad member? Do you see him, see him as a starter? Well, I, I think that he's a starter for any club, uh, especially at Celtic. Uh, I think that the first game we will see probably Greg Taylor playing on that position in order to Bernabe to get settled into the team. But I'm I'm pretty sure that he will be the first choice for Angelo. What would he have? Uh, what would be his chances of 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 moving up from an under twenty three Argentine international to to making the the full senior side? Would would you see him developing in, into the national team? Well, I think that he has a big chance now at Celtic because I mean a club like Celtic playing Champions League after a few years it will give uh, to the national team. Uh, um, an important reason to get him especially if he's playing so I, I think that this step for Bernabeu is huge on his career life I'm not doubt that he will take any single chance to, to improve his level and make it to the national team We uh, we saw on social media the, the headbutt uh, in his last game as a Lanús uh, player w was that typical of his temperament or was that a little bit unusual? No, and I think it's unusual of course, at the Argentinian football, sometimes it could be rough, uh, but it, it is not something that we will see every single game. Absolutely not. Uh, that was uh, a single game. Uh, unfortunately, it was the last one for Lanús and for him, but uh, I don't think that it will be uh, like that in the next uh, days or, or months at Celtic. What's your understanding, Seba, of the, the, the two-match ban which he was given uh, for, for that incident, has that now been served by the time he becomes a Celtic player or does that suspension, do you think, carry over 
into next season? Well, I, I was uh, having a chat last week with people from Argentina and the association for uh, Argentina called AFA, they gave two um, games banned for Bernabeu, mm -hmm. but only in, in the local games. So that means that Lanús play, is playing today, tonight for Copa Sudamericana, which is like the Europa League uh, in, in Europe. So um, I'm pretty sure that he will have to wait another game to, to play for Celtic, but it is not clear in Argentina either. So I'm, I'm hoping that probably we will know more about this, but it should be only for the local games. So Kenny, that still sounds a, a little bit confusing, doesn't it? There's probably a bit of red tape to be sorted out there and there'll be a, a bit of debate to be had about whether or not it sounds like he may have to carry a, a one-game ban possibly into, into the Scottish season. Yeah, again, who knows Who knows the coverage of that? It's uh, Like Seba says, it probably needs to get a bit of clarification between the associations of where it actually stands, you know, and if it, if it means he has to miss a game, and I don't think it'll be a, a big deal because I do agree that probably... Similar to anybody coming in to replace Morelos, you need to take the shirt off Greg Taylor's back. He's had mm. a good season this year. I'm not surprised, though, that they have looked to strength and in that area, and it is one of the first signings behind, obviously, guys who have already been there. Uh, it's the position they've looked to bring someone in, so uh, Greg Taylor will have some real competition now. What is is the fee the fee that we're talking about is around about three point seven five million uh, for the for the deal? Say about is that your understanding of what it is? Yes, yes, that's it. Three, almost four million pounds uh, right. for for the deal for that ninety percent of the player is common. I received too many questions about why it's not that a hundred percent, but that's something that happened in South America because teams wants to have at least a percentage of of the player, mm -hmm. but it's a Celtic player, so uh, the fans do, do not need to worry. Okay, and just one final uh, question. You may have covered this already, but just just tell the Celtic fans listening to this. Um, how excited they should be about Bernabe? Yes, they, they, they should be very excited. I'm, I'm actually excited to, to see the first Argentinian, and I know the kind of player that he is, the, the kind of player that he's been playing in Argentina. He's a fast attacking defender. He will uh, do everything for the club because it's his best, his best opportunity to, to improve in his career, and he's young, which is important for him. Seba, good talking to you. Uh, hopefully we'll talk to you again sometime, but uh, good to have you on the show. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me here. Have a nice uh, evening. And you too. That is uh, uh, Seba uh, Ungarelli, um, uh, an expert on Argentine football, giving us the lowdown, Kenny, uh, <clears throat> on Alexander Bernabe. We know how to pronounce his second name now, which has helped as well. Um, and uh, sounds like uh, an exciting prospect. Oh, and it's a hefty fee. Yeah. You know, so Celtic. You, you don't. Be, you don't buy. You don't pay three point seven five for someone sitting on the bench, really, do no, you? No, I don't think so. Not in Scotland, anyway. So uh, you would expect him at pretty much to get into that team pretty quickly. Uh, I'm sure Ange and his team. I've seen enough of him in the games that he's played to to suggest that he'll be able to come in and play the position the way he needs it played uh, very well. Because totally that amount of money for a, a 21 year old Argentinian. Uh, and it's a big layout so they must be super sure that he's going to be able to come and hit the ground running but like I say it's, it's, when you're an existing player so you're, you're Greg Taylor at the moment who's in that position you mean you've got a fight in your hands you know so you now need to Greg will not give that shut up either no. you know but the fee and the, and the size of that fee does suggest that he's coming in there to be a, a starting player you do get the feeling about Greg Taylor that he kind of thrives off being written off as well, doesn't he? It's, he's not everybody's idea of a of a wonderful player, but uh, he, he's a real hundred percenter, isn't he? And and the very fact that uh, not 
Ange Postacoglu has faith in him. Stevie Clark at Scotland level does as well. Well, listen, I think you see that with Steve. He's, he's, he's pretty loyal to his players that have, have done really well for him. Obviously, I had Greg Kamanik and he knows him really, really well. And not just what he can bring to the team on the field, the kind of lad he'll be in training. He'll be, I'm, I'm assuming he'll be fully committed. He'll train properly, a, a, a top pro. And, uh, and and a good lad to have about the squad, you know. So it'll be uh, it'll be interesting to see it. But like you say, he won't give it up easily. He's, He's probably was written off before he had even kicked a ball for Celtic, but then he goes and has a, a really strong season last year and it's a double winning season as well, which which always helps. So, um, just a, a mention for Joe in Hillhead, uh, who got in touch with us, got in touch with the show. Um, I was going to say, hopefully we've cleared that up for you because he was going to say, the new left-back head-butted a player in a game the other week and I assume got a couple of matches ban for it. Uh, this is Joe talking. Uh, he said does Rob think Celtic delayed the signing so that he served the ban while still a player for his former team well there was that speculation that Celtic maybe were hanging off completing the signing uh, but well you heard it there uh, from the man in uh, Argentina uh, telling us that it, you know he's not even sure nobody's too sure that'll be all sorted out in time for the next season um, but it may be that he kicks off uh, with a ban it may be again. That like I said, it's, I don't. It's, it's not. It's not a big deal. They've, they've put a lot of money into this player, and I'm sure it's a long-term contract as well. Uh, whether he misses a first game or not, I don't think it's uh, that important. What was more uh, kind of concerning for me was was Seba saying it, uh, acting as if that was a norm, <laughs> if it was the norm, just sticking mm. the head in mm, people. Yeah. Uh, you'll not be able to do that because that two game might be ten games here in Scotland. Exactly. So it's uh, no. It'll be interesting to see how he settles because it's not just about abilities and things. It's coming to a new country. Uh, how you're going to settle in with your teammates at a massive football club with the demands that, that are put on you every single day, you know. So it'll be interesting to see how he settles. It is known as a Glasgow kiss, but it doesn't always go down too well um, in this country with the authorities if he's going to repeat that. I don't imagine he is. And he'll probably be having, uh, Andrew will probably be having a little word with him about his behaviour. But that's an exciting signing for Celtic. And as we're saying, if they're shelling out 3.75 million and it's a five-year deal, then there is obviously a lot of belief in the ability uh, and the promise and the potential uh, for development in Alexandro Bernabe, uh, 21 years old now, a Celtic player. Uh, Kenny, you were in Slovakia um, recently doing your yeah. pro license. It was a bit, it was quite a star-studded lineup, wasn't it? I saw some of the pictures there. Scott McDonald w- was on the show here just before he went over. He was on it. I saw Sean Maloney was there. Who else? Who else was there? Friday with... was on it. Of course, Darnell Day, Mark Fotheringham. Uh, Kevin Thompson is on the course but never came on the he wasn't there on the trip uh, great lads I mean, all for different roles as well I mean, you've got Fran Alonso who's Celtic women's coaches there you've got mm. a few lads Gavin Levy's the, the, the head of Aberdeen, Aberdeen Academy, Academy. so yep. again he's doing a fantastic job up there as well there on the course Denmark Carroll who sorry no Denmark Carroll's on it but he wasn't on the trip because they had just started uh, pre-season with St Mirren you had Dean Whitehead uh, who's on the course as well he's came up for England to go on the course uh, I think he's just taken up a role in, in Besiktas to be honest with you right. which is a, a massive opportunity for him so it was great really good six mm. days hard some late nights as well doing mm. a task on, uh, and, and not on late, the computer and not, and not late night socialising no. no no, not at all I mean for some reason the bar in the hotel shot at 10 o'clock so oh when we were arriving back for the second game at 11 we couldn't even get a, a wee beverage just mm. to kind of get us through the mm. The analysis task that was put in front of us on the way back. So it was uh, not, listen, it was a great trip. I had the feeling of being a team again, like, like being involved in a team. There was 15, 16 lads away, and you're all together, you're all kind of mucking in to help each other out. We got a couple of days on the grass as well. So there was a few 
kind of boys it was like a kid at Christmas getting on the grass and getting mm. the boots on again and getting a kick of a ball so it was uh, a really good six days you know and it was uh, best part of it is getting involved with the boys you know mm. meeting lads I've known, maybe not seen for a while sharing their stories their experiences obviously we've got a lot of lads in different roles uh, on that course so it was great to listen to how they deal with like, the challenges that come up uh, successes things that have maybe went not too well in a, in a few situations as well so yeah really good week Did you get any gossip from Sean Maloney about what he's doing next? No I think uh, he'll uh, he'll take stock of everything that went on he's a, he's a deep thinker the wee man uh, I've no doubt he's a, he'll be a, a top coach and top manager I think uh, what's went on there was, was quite unique in regards to two managers getting sacked within about five months mm. uh, one was actually doing pretty well before he actually got sacked and then the other one has been given, well, by the, again, for the outside looking in. 19 a, games. Assurances as well that he's mm. going to have time to try and build mm. and obviously losing Martin Boyle and the injury to Nisbet uh, never helped or obviously their goal scoring plight, which mm. obviously pr- it proved to be a, pr- a problem moving forward. But uh, he's seen a lot of good stuff for his, his team, but obviously football at this moment is cutthroat. You know, a really, really harsh business in 19 games. Like, there's no way that's that's long enough for anybody to make no. a mark. And when you when you go into a club, I think his first game, if I'm right, was on Boxing Day, mm-hmm. which is five days before a transfer deadline. Like, and you lose your 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 best player mm. three days to go on that deadline. Yeah. It's, it's no great. So I'm sure he would have had this summer as a big summer to look to try and build. But unfortunately, like you say, the nature of the business sometimes you don't get the time you should. Mm-hmm. What about the time? How much time have you got to get your? Uh, get your uh, exam papers in if that be the right phrase for them uh, to, yeah. for the pro license. You've got you've still got a wee bit of work to do. You, I mean, you've done everything, but you've just got to pull it all together in in a, in a sort of glossy report. Does that yeah, right? Yeah, we've got. Yeah, we've put. I mean, it's been two years now. Um, I think it'll be two years in August that we've been on the course. So it's uh, yeah, we've got to kind of deliver all your findings. We've still got a little bit of work to do uh, in regards to ongoing stuff that was outlined a, f- a few months back. And I think you have like an exit interview type thing, so it's maybe even like a mock-up interview. So there's still a little bit of work to be done, but we're uh, we're on the home stretch, that's for sure. Mm. That sounds like hard work for you. Uh, is it's is, <laughs> see when you're sitting up at three a.m. <laughs> Rob, and you're trying to put a PowerPoint together when yeah. you don't really know how to turn the computer mm. on. It's uh, it's no <laughs> easy, but listen, it was great. The boys on the course, some of the boys were were absolutely whizzies on that computer. Yeah, I think you just need to give them a wee bit of information and next minute, bang, that helps you and they had something on your computer mm. for you. So it was uh, it was a lot of good work and good times, good stories. And like I said, I had the feeling of being like a part of a team again, which when you're an ex-player, mm. you, you miss that camaraderie yeah. within a group, you know. So it was really, really good. What's next for Kenny Miller? Let's find out after this. The Go Radio Football Show with MacklinMotors.com Your local friendly experts for new and used cars Let's go Chris, thanks for the travel and we're into the last bit if I can get technical with you of the show 5 till 6 it is at the moment it'll be back to its 5 till 7 in the week leading up to the start of the Premiership season and that starts on the last day of July uh, I'm pretty sure League Cup though a week on Saturday the group stages and for the likes of Hibs and Aberdeen who were Maybe thinking, uh, well, definitely thinking last season about European football, as they generally do. It's going to be those League Cup group stages. A little bit of pre-season about it, but it's competitive as well. It has to be because uh, those two clubs uh, would fancy themselves under normal circumstances uh, to be potentially going all the way in those uh, in that competition. So, 
uh, football uh, feels that it's not long finished, Kenny, um, but we're about to get underway again. And for you, the strange situation at this time, at the end of June, last day of June, uh, that you're not involved with the club. Yeah, I think it's the first time in, oof, I was going to say 26 years, but it might actually even been 27, because I think at 15 I was in doing pre-season at Hibs, so... Mm. It's a strange feeling seeing like, lads go back. Obviously, no being a player, you're going to come up against these these situations, but it still doesn't take the, the urge away and, and the itchy feet away wanting to get back in and, and, and being involved in a group. So, it's, I'm actually looking forward to the games next week because at least then you can get in a, out and about mm-hmm. and go and see games, go and try and keep your finger on the pulse of what's going on and, and who's doing what. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to the start of that game next week because, like you say, as much as the League Cup games and, and, the, and the bigger teams do use it as a bit of a, a kind of pre-season and building in towards the league season, what it can do is it can build a lot of pressure on you if you don't get the right results. Yeah. Uh, and I think in, in our in our country at the moment, we've got a few teams that I think really need to hit the ground running. You know, Aberdeen never mm-hmm. had a good season last year and even with a change of manager, it never really improved. Uh, you see St Mirren as well, that they, they, they went through a, a kind of no great run when they changed their manager as well. So... It's, uh, there's, there's a few teams that will really, really want to hit the ground running uh, within this cup competition because if it doesn't, it could lead to some real pressure going into that first league game. So are you watching and waiting uh, till the sack race begins in, in Scottish football and, and something opens up in the way of an opportunity for you? No, you know, like it's, it's that, there's, there's a lot of things that went on over the summer, you know, and it's like you, you maybe fancy something, know so much another thing. Uh, for me, I think it'll be... I, I don't mind helping someone, you know, like mm. it's, I've been an assistant now for just over two years and I've really enjoyed the role and I feel it does give you an insight into what it takes to be a manager. Do I feel I'm ready? I could be, yeah, I, I do, but I just want to be involved in a group, you know, it's, uh, it's it's first time in 26, 27 years where I've not been involved at, at this point, so it's... Would, uh, you, would you play again? You know, it's, <laughs> I thought about it when I was in Australia, we were talking about it mm-hmm. because we had no money. We were in our first club at Newcastle and then even when we went to Western Sydney, we still talked about it if we had a... Because you needed foreign slots, you only had five foreign slots. And if we did have one left over, uh, then we could maybe just register me because why not? Uh, you had a foreign slot, it wasn't going to cost any money. So it would have been it would have been crazy maybe not to do it if, if we felt it was going to help us. So uh, when you're retired two years, it's hard to get restarted. Mm. I always believe I could kick on and, and, and do mm. it again, but no, I probably... It's maybe too far gone. I mean, I have started back running things just when it gets to the stage. You just mm-hmm. want to do something, you know. So I've been back doing a bit of running and a bit of working. I had Big Boy on the phone uh, today saying, just get yourself done. We'll play the sixes and the fives or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to get into that with the lads as well just to keep uh, just to keep keep active. But uh, I think the playing days are hard gone, Bob. And in terms of coaching and management, um, do you see yourself as a number one, a number two? Or is it at the moment, is it just really getting back in? That's exactly it. It's getting back in because I don't think you. I, I wouldn't want to kind of put myself down to one role and, and miss out on things because, like I say to you, I want to be involved in a group. So whether that's as a manager, a coach, an assistant, you know, there's so many roles in football now as well with uh, striker coaches and loan managers. There's all these things that can keep you connected to players and, and helping the, like the younger players develop, helping a team prepare to win games or, or promotions. So uh, I'm just hungry, hungry for that. I've, I've missed, I came back in October and I was fortunate enough that, that Martin Rennie had, 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 had took me in to help him at Falkirk for the five, six months there uh, and there was no real downtime between coming back and getting started but now, like I said, I'm getting getting itchy feet and I just, let's say, I wouldn't want to put myself into bracket and in any role, I just, I love being in amongst the players, I love helping them, I love preparing teams for games, 
to, to try and win games of football and, and ultimately the younger players trying to help them with the experience that you've got trying to help them develop so they can go and have a brilliant career as well so whatever comes up that's what I'm saying I'm, I'm, I'm pretty open to anything Rob. Available for hire um, you were saying something interesting before the show I'm not saying that you haven't said lots of interesting things during the show <laughs> but but you, you, you were saying that uh, managerially it's it's been a bit crazy it's felt a bit crazy thus this last little while in Scottish football a lot of uh, fingers on the the panic button pretty early in terms of managers getting the boot we've already spoken about Sean Maloney uh, and you were wondering about this season coming up the very fact that we've got this break from mid-November to, to mid-December uh, could that uh, could that make things even worse in terms of, of uh, trigger happy club owners? I think it'll not just be in this country. I think it will be something that a lot of teams will look at if they've not started well. What it is, is it's not ideal. Let's, let's be honest, the World Cup at that time is not ideal. But what it does is if, if clubs are toiling or they are contemplating change, I think it might make them it might make their mind up for them because what it does, it gives a new manager four, six weeks of preparation time of coming in, which at that stage of the season is unheard of mm. you know so it'll give them time to come in and it'll be like a mini pre-season where a, maybe a new manager's got a chance to maybe not make wholesale changes to the way the team's going but definitely embed a few principles that he would want moving forward as part of his team so it might enforce might force the hand of a few clubs if things are not going too well that, that break and not just the break but the opportunity a new manager would have to then come and put his stamp on a team because that's carnage. A, yeah, <laughs> carnage, yeah. carnage. Yeah, because that, that, that's a pressure time anyway, isn't it? Because by that stage, the season is taking shape. Uh, and as a club owner or a chairman or a chief executive, um, you, you've got, you feel you've got time at that stage, November, December, to, to change, make the change and, and, and change around potentially the fortunes of the team. Um, so, but, but this is going to exacerbate it, the very fact that, that there is this period to get somebody bedded in while the World Cup's on. Yeah, it's no called second season for nothing mm. <laughs> at that time around about October. Uh, so I mean, you've only got to look down down in England, uh, the effect a new manager can have on a group of players with Steve Cooper at, uh, at North Forest. I mean, they, they couldn't buy a win. I think might only, I think it was Chris Hooten, might have lasted five or six games at mm. the start of the season and I think they were bottom of the league at the time. They were bottom in, at the end of yep. September, I think. And then the change comes and fast forward seven months, you're, you're in the Premier League. Mm -hmm. So... That's it. There's there's a lot of stories. It doesn't work as well. You know, like we had a few, like I said, we've touched on a few already on the show. Guys, it just never quite worked initially last season for them. So, uh, yeah, I, I do think that World Cup break will make people have a long, hard think about where they're at as a football club and how they want to move forward, particularly if you don't start well. When you look at the the transfer stuff that that's going on at the moment, if we if we move out with. Celtic and Rangers for the moment and we'll look at the rest of, of the Premiership has there been one club's dealings so far that have caught your eye and you're thinking mm, this this could uh, this could be interesting no in a word right. I think there has been a lot of business done I mean I listened to Jim Goodwin the other night and he seems pretty happy with the the business that he's done so far and again rightly so it was a really really poor season for Aberdeen last year and even when Jim went in I'm I'm sure he never had the effect that he would have liked to have had on that no. team. Because uh, again, they were still super close to actually making the top six. And if you had done that, you would have been in the in the battle for mm. European football. It was just the nature of the league uh, last year. So falling short on that would, uh, would have been a disappointment. But I think he's got five new players in already. At and, least five, yeah. And then on the 
when I heard him talking the other day, he was actually talking he'd probably still like to bring in another four or five. Mm. So there is a lot of change going on there. The other side of that is it takes a lot to bed in that amount of players in mm. one transfer window. I've been involved with teams that have done it and it's not any great recipe for six. I'm not saying it can't work, but you would much rather be in a position where your squad's stable and you're adding two, three or four players to a, to a decent group as it stands. But sometimes you don't have that luxury and obviously Jim feels he needs to go and really shake things up mm. a bit to make sure that they start right because you understand how important it is for him. So yeah, I think they've done a lot of business and he seemed pretty happy with the, with the players that he had in so far. He's obviously looked at the team last season, the team that played most weeks for Aberdeen and thought there aren't too many in there that actually I'm gonna keep I'm gonna keep in the team. I mean, it, it looks as if he's bought almost a whole new defence in in the last couple of weeks. So I mean, Declan Gallagher's obviously gone to to St Mirren. Uh, David Bates' position would would be in jeopardy. One would have thought because because Liam Scales uh, he seems to think is going to play left centre back. So so it, it's it is full scale full scales <laughs> changes. Um, you know, and but as you say that the, there's that gamble aspect. Yes, you've made big changes, and and the Aberdeen fans are maybe getting excited about some of the signings. The Hibs fans in the same boat because they've made a lot of changes as well but actually turning that into a team is the challenge, isn't it? It is, and, uh, and what it does is it, it creates competition. And we, we talked about it with, uh, with, uh, with Bernard Bay coming in to, to, to challenge Greg Taylor. It creates healthy competition because you need that at football clubs. Again, forgetting about that signing, I think Aidan McGeady will be a really good signing for, for Hibs. Mm. I think that was one that maybe Sean had kind of got to, to work on initially. Mm-hmm. Obviously, with his relationship with Aidan, uh, if he come in at Celtic, so uh, I think he'll be a, a good sign and the, the creative influence that he could have on that team that's no secret that Hibs toiled to score goals uh, definitely the second half of last season so he'll bring goals I think he's got a decent enough goal record uh, as a player but his creative side is is, is excellent it's what he's, he's been excellent since he's been a young player so he'll be a big signing for Hibs I think uh, in that area of the pitch Aberdeen um, have already sold uh, Calvin Ramsey to to Liverpool. That's that could mount up into a pretty big deal uh, if all the add-ons come into place. It's already uh, I think four point two million maybe up front. Um, so that's money that that they can utilise. Do you expect Lewis Ferguson to be elsewhere uh, come next season as well? I do. Yep, I think he's been uh, really really consistent over the last three or four seasons, Lewis. And what he does is as a player. And he's still young. He's got a lot of development in him as well. But what he's done is he's, he's got goals. You know, you don't see too many midfielders scoring as many goals. I think he got 16 goals all in he last did. year. Yep. It's, a, it's an incredible return. Uh, might have been a lot of penalties in there, but mm. you still have to step up in a high-pressure situation. He's missed one penalty, penalty for Aberdeen. It is incredible. Yeah. It's, a, it's an outstanding record. And being so young as well, stepping forward and taking that responsibility on... Uh, is, it shows a real character within the player as well and even though Aberdeen didn't have a great season last year I think he maintained a decent level of consistency mm. over the course of it so there's no doubt he'll have suitors I've seen a, a few names mentioned I think that Italian market is, is somewhere that could be kind of looking at him and it looks somewhere when you see Henderson's went across and done really well Hickey's done really really well it's a market maybe some Serie A clubs are looking at that the younger Scottish talent Josh Doig Josh Doig as yep. well like, they could go across and it's a good market for them to come and get really good value firstly mm. but you're getting some really really good players who are hungry to improve Let's finish uh, the way we started uh, we spoke about Alexander Bernabe uh, we heard all about him as well from our friend in Argentina about what Celtic are getting in that £3.75 million deal but 
just as things stand, Rangers and Celtic, they, they, they've, they've both, as we've said, signed up a lot of last season's players. They've got them on, on extended deals or permanent deals now. Um, how close are these two going into the new season? Very close, Rob. I've said that. I said it last season. In this country at this moment, we have two... Vet, and we've got a lot of good teams and a lot of good clubs, but we have two excellent teams in Rangers and Celtic. The goal, I think that when you look at the games that they played against each other in that second half of the season, take the 3-0 out of it, because Celtic were sensational in that first half of that game at Celtic Park. But the next three that, that came, there was not a lot between the teams. You know, it was I think there was a, a win for each and a draw. Mm. And any one of the games could have went either way. So I think we've got two really good teams, really, really closely matched. What might decide how it moves forward and who maybe takes an edge is, is the recruitment. And, I, and that was something that Ange done pretty well when he came in. When you're talking about huge rebuilds, it, it, it got a decent level of recruitment. Again, I wouldn't say everybody was massive hits, but what he done was he built even the squad, the guys who weren't kind of as big a hit as a Kyogo, say, or, or a Jot or a Carter Vickers. What he done was he filled that squad with good, good reliable players. Uh, and that could be the difference this year because I think really looking at them, they're so evenly matched. When it goes into a game, I don't think you could say with any real confidence who would be a favourite on, on on any given day. So again, it just builds excitement looking forward to this mm. season. Hopefully you've got Hibs and Aberdeens coming back, challenging for these third and fourth spaces along with, along with Hearts, along with Dundee United who had a fantastic season last year as well and they've obviously since changed their manager as well. So it's uh, all building towards some a really exciting season again. And that was a quick hour, Kenny. Thank you very much indeed. <laughs> we are back a lot easier than your pro licence by the sounds of it. Uh, we are back to tomorrow night. Barry Ferguson is back tomorrow night with Paul uh, live at five. The Go Radio Football Show with MacklinMotors.com Your local friendly experts for new and used cars. Let's go! The Go Radio Football Show with MacklinMotors.com Your local friendly experts for new and used cars. Let's go! Service your existing car with us right now and it's worth £500 off your next car. Yes, at Macklin Motors Toyota, we'll give you a £500 voucher off any of our brand new Toyotas when you book in for a service with our expert Toyota trained technicians. We even have complimentary courtesy cars available, so book your service now and get £500 off any new Toyota. Visit macklinmotors.co.uk or see us at Kennishead Road, Darnley. Macklin Motors, the new name for Toyota sales and servicing in Glasgow. Valid on services till 30th September. Excludes motability and fleet customers. One £500 voucher per vehicle purchased by 31st December.